Well, Father Harrison, I have terrible news. What's that, Anthony? What's the terrible news? Well, the news is that you're not actually here recording with me, and I don't know how to do a good impression of you. Oh, isn't that so sad? It is sad. So, here's what's going on. First of all, welcome to Clerically Speaking. If you are new to the show, don't listen to this show. This show is going to be different. It's going to be only one half of Clerically Speaking, and only one half as long, depending on how much I want to talk. Because something terrible has happened. And Father Harrison told me the story of why he cannot record today. I'm going to tell you why. So, as you know, if you've listened to the show for a while, Father Harrison comes from a mythical land of Canada. And on this little island up north in Canada, he has a little parish. But no matter what the size of the parish, being the pastor is a very difficult job. And like every priest who's running a parish during the Triduum, Father Harrison worked very hard and did a beautiful job with all the liturgies. He sang the Exalted for the Vigil. It was amazing. It was beautiful. He offered Mass reverently, spiritually, in a way most edifying to all of his Canadian parishioners. But after all of that, understandably so, Father Harrison was all tuckered out. Yes, he was. So he was going to spend time doing his favorite relaxing activity. It's very popular in Canada. Father Harrison went ice fishing. Now, for those who don't know much about Canada, I understand why you wouldn't know much about Canada. There's not much to know. It's not a very exciting place. But Canadians, every single Canadian really enjoys ice fishing because all of Canada, all of it, is a frozen tundra the entire year. There are no seasons. There is just winter. It snows nearly every day, and therefore all the lakes, all the rivers are always frozen. But that does not stop a Canadian like Father Harrison from fishing. No, he goes ice fishing. He cuts out a little hole in the ice, he goes fishing. That's how he relaxes. I don't know if he shared it on the podcast, but this was he was telling Miss telling me this earlier. Okay. So he goes to a little pond, a little pond on his island, and he cuts out his hole and he goes ice fishing. He's enjoying himself. But what he did not know was that particular pond is used for the Canadian Moose Hockey League. Yeah, a lot of people know that Canadians love hockey, but so do their mooses. Every moose in Canada, huge fan of hockey. They have their own league. Now, Canadian moose do not like buildings. They like to play hockey outdoors. Makes sense, right? That's where a moose would play hockey. What Father Harrison did not know was that he had cut a hole, and a massive hole that, you know, you know, a really large hole in what was their natural ice hockey rink. Now, moose are pretty dangerous. They are rather unfriendly. Do not pet a moose if you ever see one in real life. But even more ferocious and dangerous than a regular moose is a Canadian moose when you have destroyed his hockey rink. So, two team of moose see what is going on, and they become furious. And they stampede, charging with deadly intent toward Father Harrison. Now, Father Harrison is trying desperately to apologize, saying, sorry, 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 I didn't, oh, so, so sorry, I didn't know this was your, your, your ice rink. But his voice was worn out from the exalted. He could not project the way he normally does. The moose could not hear him, and even if they could... They probably couldn't have stopped. 
The stampede had begun. They were on the ice. Momentum would have carried them either way. It seemed as if all hope was gone for Father Harrison. He was going to be trampled to death by a moose. But all of a sudden, mysteriously, the moose, both teams from the Canadian Moose Hockey League, froze in place. They stopped moving. Like they themselves, like the Canadian tundra, had become ice. But not only that, Father Harrison, he looked around in amazement. The birds froze in the air. There was no more wind. There was no more sound. It was as if all time had stopped. And indeed, it had. Time stopped. And out from the heavens came a bright and shining light, descending down to Father Harrison. And he covered his eyes. It burned his eyes. The holiness of the light was too much even for the holy and noble Father Harrison. Then the light faded a little bit so he could see who it was. And descending from the heavens was none other than St. Louis de Montfort. Father Harrison was ecstatic. After all, as a French person, he knows how to speak French. I mean, he's not a French person, but everyone in Canada knows how to speak French. So he thought he was going to impress dear Saint Louis de Montfort. He begins speaking French to Saint Louis. And Saint Louis, he chuckles. He chuckles. Oh, no, 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 no. Father Harrison, I come from heaven. No one in heaven speaks French. We all speak God's language, Italian. But for you, since you do not know Italian, I will speak English to you. Father Harrison says, oh, okay. Well, St. Louis, are you? This is Father Harrison. St. Louis, are you here to save me? And St. Louis puts his hand lovingly on Father Harrison's shoulder, leans in and says, No, Father Harrison, I am not here to save you, for you have yet to explain why you think my true devotion to Mary has excesses in it. St. Louis then, in a bright and shining light, goes back into heaven. Time restarts, and Father Harrison was trampled by moose. So, Father Harrison, he calls me up from the hospital where he is convalescing. Lots of hospitals in Canada. They've got that healthcare thing or whatever. And he says, Anthony, this is a true story that I just told you. I said, Father Harrison, can I share that with our listeners? He goes, okay, fine, fine, fine. But, Father Anthony, I said, yes, Father Harrison, I don't think that we can record because I have been trampled by moose. I have lost my voice. And I don't think I can record today. I said, that's understandable. And I said, Father Harrison... Do you mind if I say something? Because after all, you and I both know that while we pretend to argue on the show, why we pretend to have different viewpoints here and there, that's all show. Because you, Father Harrison, always secretly agree with everything I say. And Father Harrison said, yes, Anthony, you are by far the brains of this entire operation. And I really appreciate how you allow me to sound more well-read and smarter. It's because of your great humility that I seem so important on the podcast. I said, yes, Father Harrison, but we won't tell the people that. We'll keep this ruse going because I feel like it makes a more entertaining product. So I'll just do the podcast myself. I'll do a little version, a little mini version of the podcast. Are you okay with that? And Father Harrison said, yes. So here we are. Welcome to Clerically Speaking. A bit of an odd episode, but we wanted to do something for you guys. Okay, so the first part of Clerically Speaking, as you know, 
as you love, as you're so excited for, is the Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. All right, that's enough of that. Yeah, it's a mini episode. We, we don't need the entire bumper. That would be way too much. Okay, let's get to some tweets. First up, this tweet is from Steve the Missionary, at Steve Missionary. And it's this, Judas sold Jesus for a measly 30 pieces of silver. But honestly, he got a much better deal than all my mortal sins. So, who's the real loser here? Excellent tweet, Steve. It's a good reminder that a lot of times we rag on Judas, and rightfully so. He sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But really, when we sin, when we commit, especially when we commit mortal sin, we're kind of giving away our relationship and our connection with God for for even less, for usually momentary pleasure or whatever else is going on. So that's a a good meditation. Now, there is uh, something that I think about whenever we think about how our sins have crucified our Lord and wounded our Lord. All All that's true, but I think sometimes there's a danger in those kind of meditations, if you're not doing them the right way, where we can kind of enter into this self-indulgent hatred of ourselves, where we become the judge, not just of our sins, but of our souls. And we decide, you know what, I'm a terrible, worthless person. And we give into this temptation that says, you know what, I'm such a terrible sinner, I don't even deserve to pray, or I don't deserve God's mercy, or I need to do all these good things before I can get back into God's good graces. It's important to remember, especially during this Easter season, that mercy, forgiveness, the love that Jesus Christ has for us and gives us, it's not about our worthiness. So while it's good to be moved with sadness for our sins and to have that, even that emotional feeling of being sad about our sins, never let that emotion or that sadness over your sin or that hatred for your own sin, never let that keep you from Jesus Christ. Because the whole reason he died on the cross for us is to free us from our sins and to save us. Next tweet is from AJ Mancat, at AJ underscore Mancat. He says, at Clerical Pod, best way to tell someone they need to be quiet in adoration and not bother everyone else trying to adore our Lord. AJ, this is tough. This is tough. First of all, I'm glad you go to adoration. That's wonderful. Especially this Easter season. If you've never gone to adoration, like by yourself, see if there's a perpetual adoration chamber, uh, chamber, (laughs) a perpetual adoration chapel or something like that in your area. Go and spend some time with our Lord. But here's the thing. Sometimes when you go to adoration, it's mostly silent, but sometimes you have people kind of making noises. You've got people clinging their rosary beads or some people, (laughs) they feel the need to like vocalize every single prayer, but they don't want to say it very loudly. So they'll do something like this. By the way, if if mouth sounds make you feel awkward, just skip 15 seconds ahead, right? But they'll be like, and it's just like, it drives you crazy. I remember being in an adoration a chapel one time and this guy would just flip his pages so loudly and he would kind of like, like rub like his pants leg and it would just, the little sounds like drove me crazy. So, okay, what do you do? When someone's kind of making noise, that's annoying you during adoration. I mean, I don't, I actually, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a good answer. I usually just kind of like get angry and just get distracted and I leave cranky. 
But I think you have to ask yourself, okay, if I'm going to say something to a person, one, can I say it in love or am I saying it just to, because I'm about to freak out on this person? And do I think saying it would actually help the situation or like say it's you and some other person? I guess my fear as an introvert and someone who does not like conflict is that like, will this person then just make it even more awkward? I don't know. Okay. Let's say that you've calmed yourself down and the person is doing something like making a big distraction. I think it's okay to be like, hey, do you mind kind of keeping it down? It's I'm being a little distracted. I think you can do that. That being said, AJ, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd be too scared. I wouldn't do it. I know that's not helpful, but um, it's a good question. Too bad Father Harrison isn't here to answer it. He always has all the good answers. Hmm. Bummer. Now it's time for Patreon pontifications. Patreon pontifications. <laughs> no, it's not. We're not doing Patreon pontifications today because that would be like, man, you guys, first of all, thank everyone who supports us for our Patreon pontifications. That's wonderful. All the money, of course, goes to the podcast. First of all, to pay Nick Sharapa a just wage. Um, secondly, to support the podcast, hosting fees. Actually, I'm really excited. We're going to buy a microphone setup so that I can have the podcast and I can interview people um, with Father Harrison with multiple people in the room. So we're really excited about that. So thank you guys for all that. But it'd be wrong to reward you halfway, right? You deserve a full reward. So it would be a shame to read your tweet and discuss it with just me, even though I am great and wonderful. But I do want to say this. Many of you who listen to the podcast do not have a Twitter account. And it's good. If you don't have a Twitter account, I'm not going to tell you to get on the social media. I'm not going to make you do that. But maybe you have an idea or a thought or something along those lines where you want us to discuss it. So email us at clericalpod.com. With this, oh, at clericallyspeaking at gmail.com, clericallyspeaking at gmail.com, and put in the subject headline, Patreon pontifications, and then write your thought and write it in, I think, what is, what is Twitter, wherever the Twitter word count is. I think it's like 280 characters or something like that. Give us a fake tweet, a little something, a little, little thought, and also give us your Patreon name and we'll read that. So I know not everyone has a Twitter account. Let's try that. Let's see if that works. All right. Now it's time for presbyteral exhortation. Yeah. I guess just presbyter exhortations. I guess presbyteral isn't really singular or plural. Haven't thought this one through. But anyway, let's talk about the fact that it is Easter. And now is the time in a particular way for joy. Now, here's the thing with our seasons in the church. The seasons are special times that emphasize certain parts of our faith. But even though we're emphasizing one part, we're never emphasizing one part and then completely destroying the other parts. We're not doing that. So, for example, during Lent, we never forget the resurrection. We still celebrate Mass, but we do so in a more toned-down sort of way, right? We never forget our joy, but in a special way, we're focusing on prayer and repentance, and these things are not as usually exuberant as the joy of Easter. So now we're experiencing the joy of Easter. That does not mean in any sort of sense that we should stop repenting or stop going to confession or stop thinking about our sins or self-reflection. No, no, no. You still want to do that, but you do want to focus in a special way on the joy of Easter. 
And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Satan will try to steal your joy this Easter. Yes, he will. And if not him, guys, we are broken people. We're going to try to steal our own joy this Easter. We love sabotaging ourselves in the spiritual life. A lot of times it's not the extraordinary or ordinary acts of the enemy. It's just us being very silly about things. And we sin, we screw up, of course. And then we decide, you know what? No more joy for me. Only sadness, only crankiness. And we steal our own joy and we steal our own peace. So I want to talk about a little bit today uh, how don't do that. Don't do that. Jesus Christ suffered died, and rose for you so that you may be free. And in that freedom, there is joy. There is happiness. Does not mean, of course, that there won't be any kind of suffering or sadness, but I want to give you permission, because Jesus Christ gives you permission, to enter fully into the joy of Easter. So Pope Benedict talks about this in his Jesus of Nazareth book. Jesus of Nazareth book. And even though, of course, it's just a mini version of the podcast, we're still going to talk, of course, about Ratzinger. And he wrote this one, of course, when he was a pope. So in it, he talks about this prophecy, prophecy in the Old Testament, where God says that he will send another prophet like Moses. And what makes a prophet like Moses? A few things. But what scripture says, one particular thing is that a prophet like Moses who speaks to God face to face. Moses spoke to God face to face. There was an intimate and loving relationship with God. So Moses speaks to God face to face. But then also in the Old Testament, we hear this story about how Moses desires to see God's face. God says, okay, I'm going to pass by you in glory. I'm going to pass by you in this cloud, but you cannot see my face. You will only see me from the back. You won't see my face. You'll only see me from the back. And sure enough, God's glory passes by. It's amazing and wonderful. But Moses doesn't actually see God face to face. So we have this kind of dichotomy. Yes, there was this beautiful relationship between God and Moses. This kind of union. But it was still incomplete. And of course, we're talking about metaphor here. Does God have a face? Does he have a back? No, but these are metaphors to help us understand. The idea of seeing someone's face, when you see someone's face, you see them. That's how we normally talk about it. When we talk about uh, in the Eucharistic prayer about um, God's uh, countenance or in in prayers about God's countenance, his face, his face. Um, When you see your friend's face, you get excited because, ah, that's my friend. I can tell it's my friend because it's, it's his face. When I video chat with Father Harrison, when we do the podcast, I'm like, oh, look at that. Look at that Canadian face. I know that's Father Harrison. That's my friend, okay? And because you can see the person's face, you get to have this, this communion with them. You get to be with them when you see their face. Okay. But there's a sense in which Israel and Moses, who is the best of Israel, doesn't get to see God's face. Now, with the incarnation of Jesus Christ... God quite literally has a face. He has a human face. But even beyond that, we go into kind of the metaphorical where by the incarnation, by Jesus Christ coming to earth, he reveals God completely. 
in the spiritual sense, Jesus Christ becoming incarnate, teaching, suffering, dying, and then rising again, reveals God completely to us. God holds nothing back. Now, there is this sense where we can't take all of that in. I mean, God willing, we die and go to heaven. We'll spend all of eternity just contemplating God's face, his countenance, seeing him face to face, right? So we never can take that all in right now. But we get to see God's face because God is fully revealed in Jesus Christ. Now, maybe when you hear this, you think to yourself, okay, Father Anthony, that sounds really nice and really smart. You're a really great, nice, and smart priest. And I would say, thank you, I am. But you say, we don't really see his face, right? I mean, we see, you know, paintings and icons of him, and that's, that's great and all. We can gaze upon him in the Eucharist, and even though he's really and truly present in the Eucharist, he still comes under the appearance of bread, under the appearance of wine, right? I know he's really there and his presence there, but Father Anthony, I don't get to see his face. Now, I want you to think about a reading we had maybe a few days ago. Um, Mary Magdalene, she comes to the tomb, right? And she's freaking out because Jesus isn't in the tomb and she's losing her mind because this is the person she, she loves, who saved, who saved her, right? And the idea of, this, of his body being desecrated or stolen just mortifies her, understandably so, right? Like we would lose our minds if we went to visit a loved one at the grave and the gravesite was dug up and the, and the person wasn't there. We would, I mean, whew, it'd be bad, okay? So we can understand where she's coming from. She sees Jesus Christ, but doesn't realize it's him. She thinks it's the gardener, which is, that's a fun line in scripture, right? <laughs> like, who's Jesus? It's the gardener. Now, also, also, fun fact, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but the gardener, well, God kind of is the gardener because he's the one who placed us in the garden at Eden. He created and kind of formed the world. In a sense, in a cosmic sense, God is a gardener. Anyway, Jesus is right there in front of her. She's looking, she's listening, but she doesn't hear him or see him, really. Not until she talks with him for a little while. And then God says her name. And then she gets it, right? And this is often us in prayer. We go to prayer because we're panicked. Stuff is going poorly for us. Or we're suffering. Or a friend is suffering. Or we're just stressed or anxious. Or we're struggling with something. Whatever it is, we're panicking when we go to God. And because we're panicking so much... Even though God's right there, even though God has never left because God does not change, we can't see him and we can't hear him. So I invite you, when you're feeling that way, stay in prayer. The biggest mistake we make is that we're like, God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? And we don't hear an answer right away and we freak out and we run away and we get super angry and we just get even more and more upset and because we're not getting our comfort from God, we go back to sin to get that comfort. And when we go back to sin to get comfort, it just makes everything worse. We start panicking again and then going to God, but not giving him time. And then we can't see him. We can't hear him. It becomes this, this terrible like cycle, this loop. Okay, no, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's a great temptation. Stay in prayer. Stay in prayer. Okay. When 
Mary staying in prayer, talking with Jesus, finally, ah, sees him. It doesn't say it in scripture, but she's obviously, she clings on to him. She grabs him. She gives him a big hug because Jesus says, <laughs> Jesus basically says, let go of me. Don't hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father. And it's a great line because you're like, Jesus, why are you telling Mary, who's obviously super excited to see you because you're back from the dead? This doesn't happen every day, Jesus. Why are you telling her not to hold on to you? He says, the reason is because I have not yet ascended to my father. I have not yet ascended to my father. And here's where we make the mistake. We think we can't cling to Jesus. We think we can't see him. We think we can't see his face. But really and truly, in a very deep sense, we can because he has ascended to the father. He's sitting at the father's right hand. He's in heaven. He's there to intercede for all of us and to be present to all of us. If you think about it, in a certain sense, Jesus, while he walked the earth, there were millions of people Jesus was not present to. Sure, it was cool for the people there who got to see him, blah, blah, blah. But he couldn't be everywhere. Now he can be everywhere. And not just in a vague sense. Not in a kind of a fluffy, wishy-washy, I, I hope he's there. I like to imagine he's there. But he is truly there. Even though we can't always see him, right? even though he might not appear to us in the same way our friends appear to us. Because he's ascended to the Father, he can actually and truly be with us. And if you haven't experienced this, or if you're feeling doubt as I say these words, I want to invite you in a special way this Easter to go to prayer on a regular basis and stay in prayer. Go to prayer, stay in prayer. If you can do a holy hour, great, that's wonderful. But a lot of you, you can't, right? You can't pray like that because you're a mom or you're a dad or you're whatever else is going on and you can't pray like that. Okay. That being said, ask God to reveal to you how you should pray, when you should pray. You have time for that, right? You have time to ask God, how should I pray? When should I pray? Okay. So keep asking that and then keep looking for that. Because I think it's fair to say God's going to give you 15 minutes, right? He's going to do that. He was going to give you some kind of time to pray. So take that and stay in prayer in that. If you can visit an adoration chapel, maybe later at night, maybe earlier in the morning, maybe during your lunch break, maybe you can do that and that's great. But allow yourself, now that he's ascended to the Father, you can indeed hold on to him. He's not going to stop you from holding on to him. So go to prayer and stay in prayer. And if you do that, you're going to see his face. Not like literally, you're not going to see like maybe a bearded face, but in a way that is far deeper than that, in a way that I can't describe or convince you of over a podcast, in a way that you need to experience yourself. He's going to be there. So go to prayer and stay in prayer. Maybe that's reading scripture. Maybe that's offering your rosary, but in a certain contemplative way, go to prayer and stay in prayer. And in that place, in that place of prayer, we're searching for God's face. And more and more as we search, he's going to reveal his face, his presence to us. It's from that place that we then can look at our sins. Because very often, we look at our sins without God. And if you look at your sins without the presence of God, you're going to see only darkness. You're only going to see despair. Because without God, we're nothing. Without God, we're nothing. But with him, 
as we see more and more our sins, we're also going to experience in a deeper and deeper way his mercy. And the good, the right, the healthy feeling of repentance is not one of despair, but it's actually one of joy and hope. Real good, healthy Christian repentance comes with it an experience of hope because God's love for you has not changed even though you've sinned. God hasn't run away. He's there. And even though you're sinning, you can go back and cling to him. And that may mean that may mean you need to go to confession and go to confession soon. It may mean you just need to make your active contrition wherever. I don't know what your sins are, but he's going to be there. God always wants you to pray. Okay, so go to prayer, stay in prayer, search out Jesus' face, cling to him, allow yourself to experience joy because that's what God wants for you. And if God wants it for you, who are you to keep yourself from it? You think you're a big deal? You think you can say, hey, God, none of that stuff for me, none of that joy for me. Listen up, buddy, who's saying this thing metaphorically. God wants you to have peace. So who are you to say no? Go to prayer, stay in prayer. All right. Well, here's the thing about clerically speaking. Not only is Father Harrison, not only has he been trampled by moose, we don't have Tommy Ty on the podcast because he's actually going to visit Father Harrison and to bring him maple syrup, which Father Harrison really, really likes because he's Canadian. So we won't have Tommy on the show. Also, I don't have my script because the internet is down at my rectory where I'm recording this. So here's the plan, guys. I'm going to try to set up a Wi-Fi hotspot to upload this and completely kill my data. Also, you can have this podcast. But feel free to tweet at myself or Father Harrison. I'm at Father Sharapa, and he is at FR Harrison. Email us at speaking at gmail.com, and uh, peace. <laughs>